0: The Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners are celebrated as the backbone of the American economy.
1: Each week, we introduce you to tycoons who share their stories and advice so that small business owners may learn from their experiences. Tycoons
0: is powered by Backbone Planning Partners. Join us now as our hosts connect you to today's tycoon.
2: Good afternoon, Tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons with Small Biz. I'm your host here, as always, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, we're excited to have a a special guest on the the program today, somebody that I've gotten to know over the last few weeks, and uh, my business partner and and former co-host, Landon Mance, as you guys all know. Um, He's known Dita for, I think, a couple of years. So excited to have Dita on the program today. And uh, Dita, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, nice to be here.
2: Yeah, so Dita Clifton, founder and CEO of the Office Squad, so let's let's start uh, there. Tell us what the Office Squad is, and then tell us a little bit about yourself personally as well.
0: Ah, um, the Office Squad is back office support for small business owners of all sizes. And when I say back office support, I do mean literally all of it. We receive the mail. We can process the mail. We can answer phones. We do full charge bookkeeping, virtual administrative stuff, all that big stuff in the middle. Um, And the locations also have small executive suites for rent and co-working. So you can literally start a business and grow it without hiring a person.
2: All right. So we'll we'll unpack that a little bit and and just <laughs> kind of, talk, you know, what what that all means, because there are a lot of aspects to that, of course, right? Yeah. But tell us about you personally first. Tell us about your family. Tell us about where you grew up, whatever you'd like us to know about you personally.
1: Ah,
0: uh, I am a tried true born and raised Texan, uh, transplanted here to Las Vegas in 2000 and 2001. My husband flew F-16s at Nellis Air Force Base. Um, and then he decided to retire here. So uh, I started my little bookkeeping business from home. We have two adult grown married daughters, which is awesome. Um, and five little dogs to replace those two grown daughters.
1: Oh, wow. Five <laughs> dogs keep
2: you busy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've talked about this a little bit. My my oldest is actually getting married um, in 12 days, May 20th. So it's Mm -hmm. it's coming. Yeah, a lot a lot going on for the Peterson family the next couple of weeks because he graduates college this coming Friday, and then uh, gets married the following Saturday. So a lot lot going on here.
0: Enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're
2: excited. We're going to try to enjoy it. Try to make sure that, you know, the focus is on, on what it is that they're actually doing as opposed to, you know, the party and did the flowers get here and does everything look right? But you know, <laughs> this is, this is a lifelong commitment. This is
0: serious. Making.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so let's focus on what's most important, right?
0: Yeah. I think the groom has a little better opportunity to focus on that than the bride.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably fair, or, or maybe even <laughs> more correct, the bride's mother.
0: <laughs> ah, so. well, I lucked out this time. We hired a planner. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: that worked really well. But I do remember seeing the groom pace back and forth in his little room, reading his little vows over and over again. So there's a lot going on. Big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, well, let's, uh, let's dig in a little bit more on the office squad. So back office support. So you mentioned bookkeeping, you mentioned answering the phones, you mentioned mail service, you mentioned there's even executive suites. I mean, yeah. what did I miss? Did I hit it all?
0: I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. got some conference rooms for rent. So. Um, yeah, what's the next question? Why do I do all those things? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that's kind of, I don't know if self-explanatory is the right way to, just to put it, right? But those are kind of the mundane tasks, if you will, that business owners either don't have any background in or don't have any desire to be involved in. So I think it makes complete sense as to why you're providing those services. Perfect. All right. So- I do want to before we go too far. I you skipped over. You mentioned your husband was an F sixteen fighter pilot, but you didn't talk anything about your military status and. Um, and
0: um. Well, I served six years active duty Air Force, which is where I met him, um, and this was in the early eighties. So, you know, when people say thank you for your service and that kind of stuff, it I I just. We weren't at war. It was kind of a not a bad time to be in the military as a young lady. Um, but yeah, I, I was in an active duty. We could go to war at any moment for six years. I uh, worked the big operations desk that kept track of where all the pilots were, uh, where the planes were parked. We used to have this big, huge grease board behind us where we hand wrote all of the names and the parking spaces. Now they have a big old computer screen and everybody just types everything. Um, it's fun. I joined at 19 and and got out six years later.
2: Yeah. No, a I, ton. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, <laughs> obviously running a business, keeping books, doing all the things that you guys do, there are a lot of things that can be picked up in the military in terms of discipline and keeping everything organized and, and done the right way, which certainly you know carries carries over to what you do for sure
0: it's um it's where the brand came from and yeah, so anybody that knows me knows that the military part what i learned is literally what i used to create the office squad um i just i started a little bookkeeping business from home while the kids were in school just going to do that part time and i was going into these people's homes or going to their office and they would just give me everything. You know, here's, here's all my stuff. Hey, well, don't you need my ID? Don't you need to know who I am? Well, no, you're a bookkeeper. I trust you. Well, I quickly learned that anybody can be a bookkeeper. You know, you don't have to have an accounting degree. You don't have to have anything. So there's just a lot of stuff not being done very well, I thought, and um, I wanted to make it better.
2: Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it. So I'm just going to mention something real quick. I happened to attend a luncheon on Friday, and one of the people being honored and, and that spoke for a few minutes um, was, a, was a woman, a female former, a female veteran. Uh, and she was actually over all of veterans' affairs here in the state of Arizona under our former governor. And she, you know, she's out there and, and has, you know, for a long period of time, been out there advocating for the rights that every female veteran should, should have, right? Yeah. But, you know, you, you kind of just said something that was very similar to what she had mentioned is that <laughs> a lot of female veterans um, don't actually even consider themselves veterans because they didn't serve during wartime. They yeah. weren't or deployed to a war zone or, or anything like that. But, you know, she she asked us to be sure that anybody that we met that has military service as a female, that they need to make sure that they understand that they are veterans and that they are entitled to everything that any other veteran is entitled to. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I- including, you know, the thank you for your service, even, even though you weren't deployed, right? Like, our practice manager Christina you've met uh, at least over the phone and, and by email she's a veteran as well she graduated from West Point and she was deployed at least once but I want to say twice uh, and spent some time in Afghanistan so she you know she did have that uh that deployment but what I see in you I see in her and that is the the organizational skills, the the value that that you bring to your organization, that she brings to our organization. So, thank you for your service.
0: You're welcome. It's kind of a a discipline thing. You learn. Yeah. You know, you I went in at 19, and and it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm not doing anything else, and I'm not going to go to college. So, let's go find something to do. Um, and it literally made me grow up really fast. So it's, it's a really, it's a good place to go. It's a family that you join that never goes away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have
0: an 84 sure. year old mother-in-law who's retired army and she still misses it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see it. The camaraderie, the, you know, the family type atmosphere that you explained there. I, I think that, you know, I, I can understand why somebody would miss that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about, uh, you know, you, your husband was a fighter pilot. You you know, were an operations technician working with fighter pilots in the airplanes and all those sorts of things. And so you like to, to kind of compare being a fighter pilot to being a business owner. So explain to us what you mean by that.
0: <laughs> um, well, I was in a squadron of 32 F-15 pilots. Um and when I started working with entrepreneurs and and business owners, I this light bulb kind of came on. They they have this same personality. Um, they're really smart. Usually, you know, usually <laughs> we're all real smart. Um, but there's this one thing, this mission, this that they want to do. The Pilots just want to fly. You know, they don't want to fill out the paperwork beforehand. They don't want to take any phone calls. They don't. They, they all have additional duties. Don't get me wrong. Because um, flying is not all they do. They all have these tacked on additional jobs. Um, so flying is kind of the fun part of their life. But sitting in the big dust, all they want to just give me. where's the plane part? Let me go. You know, um, and so when you meet an entrepreneur or a business owner, they just want to grow the business. They don't, they don't want to, the phones are okay. I, I need to talk to clients. I get it. But, you know, it gets in the way of, of actually growing the business. Definitely don't want to do bookkeeping. Um and it, all those other little administrative things that happen in the middle, you know, paying the taxes and remembering things and talking to vendors. Um just let me go grow the business and somebody else take care of that other stuff. So that's what I try to do. We we want all of our clients to be able to concentrate on growing their business and let all the little things the back office get handled by us. Um, I used to say that they are all real smart. They are all. Um, oh God, there were three things that I used to say all the time. The last one was they have a little ego. <laughs> have big egos. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Most of them have big egos. Um, they're very good at what they do, um, and they they need to go do it. And some the support that they need is not always there. And that was my job in the Air Force I take great pride in making sure they had everything they needed to get out the door and, and fly safely and get back home safely. Um, and I want the business owners and clients we work for to have the same that same feeling that they can go do their thing and know that there's an honest, trusted support team behind them.
2: Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's definitely true. And, you know, Landon and I, just like you, have been working with business owners for a very long period of time. We are business owners. So we're obviously in that same category. Uh, we, we definitely have egos. We definitely are good at certain things, but we're also very bad at other things. There you go. <laughs> and so that, that's where you come in specifically for most business owners is those things that we're really not good at or that we shouldn't be spending our time doing. So, you know, let, let's kind of talk a little bit about the typical business that hires the office squad for the first time, right? What does that business look like? Do you see that things are in order, not in order? Are things in chaos? You know, do they have certain aspects handled? What What does a typical client look like?
0: Um, I think you might agree with me that there are no typical clients. They are all different, all shapes, all sizes, all revenue. Um, when people ask me what my target market is, I I hate that question because it's anybody that needs help. But they are all are just a little bit unorganized and nothing is as great as they would like it to be, if that makes sense. Um, we get a lot of, well... Um, I'll come back as soon as I have it in order or I'll, as soon as I get everything reconciled or as soon as I get everything organized, you know we'll we'll hire the squad. Well that's why we're here because you're never going to do that. Um, bookkeeping clients, uh, we have gotten clients that were multi-million dollar enterprises that are still doing everything on a spreadsheet. I have no idea what QuickBooks or accounting software or PO, PL is or anything um, all the way to the really successful clients that have all of that stuff and they're just not getting the time and the answers they need from their bookkeeper. They're not doing it quick enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And my passion is to help the startup, the person that doesn't know any of that and they're doing it kind of all themselves. They went and got QuickBooks, but they don't know really how to use it. So we get the QuickBooks file and there's a lot of invoices in it, but nothing else. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Because I know how to send the invoices and get the money, but I don't know how to do the other stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Well, that's an important part, right? If you can't send an invoice, you can't collect money. You're not going to be in business very long. Yep.
0: That's the first thing they learn. And there are all kinds of apps out there that say we can, you know, invoice and get your money fast, but that's only a piece of it. Great. You, you get this, this app that's inexpensive and it runs invoices and it puts money in your bank account, but it's still not doing all the other things that you need to know.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of that, in, in your opinion, what's the most important thing a business owner needs to be successful?
0: This is something you hear all the time. You need to know your numbers, right?
1: Yep. Um. I think they need a good support team. No one is going to do it by
0: themselves. And you've got to have people behind. What is it that ancient old saying? I'm, I'm I'm getting to where I am, you know, speaking from old things that people haven't heard before, but behind every great man, there's a great woman. Remember that? Yeah. Well, now it's behind every great woman, there's a great man. Or behind every successful business owner, there's a team that helped them get there.
2: Yeah. No, I think that I think that's fair, you know. I think back to to just even, you know, some of the smallest businesses that I've come in contact with or, you know, I think about growing up with my dad being, you know, he, he was essentially a solopreneur. He maybe had 5 or 6 employees at kind of the the peak uh, of his business. He was a stucco contractor. I have an uncle who was also a stucco contractor or still is actually. Um, But what was what was true in that statement is that there and it did happen to actually be their wives in this in this scenario. But their wives were behind the scenes, making sure that people were getting paid, the suppliers were getting paid, the employers, the employees were getting paid, taxes were being withheld, taxes were being paid. You know, it's all those things that are that are really important, but most business owners, and and still, I mean, it's changing a ton, and statistics show us that a bunch of women-owned businesses are being opened, but there still are more, more male business owners today than female business owners, and the, the lion's share, I guess, of businesses in America are those smaller shops in the blue collar type industries. And so you got a man that's out there and he's really good at painting or he's really good at doing stucco work or he's really good carpenter. And so he decides to hang his own shingle and open his own business. But he doesn't know anything about the other stuff. And that's really kind of where you guys come in.
0: And 99% of the time, the wife does all the rest of the stuff. We get a lot of that. Um, my wife's been doing it for so many years and she's getting kind of tired of it, you know, so I need to, I need to hire someone else. I need to hire a bookkeeper. Um, I wrote a blog article one time that said, is your wife doing the bookkeeping? You know, she's got a lot of other things she needs to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's where our flight club comes in. We want to teach them how to do it properly. So if you've got a husband and wife team out there that wants to do that, we can take care of them as well.
2: Okay, so you guys also have a a program, I guess, where you coach people to do things bookkeeping or otherwise to to be more uh, efficient, I guess. Is that a good way to put it?
0: Yeah. um I hear from a lot of clients that my previous book, bookkeeper never showed me this, or or I would ask questions and they wouldn't answer them. You know, bookkeeping and accounting is kind of meshed together. I know, And accounting, Excuse me. Accounting to me is not bookkeeping. So when people hire a bookkeeper, they think they're hiring an accountant. They're not. They're hiring normally. I mean, you can hire a bookkeeper that works for an accountant and pay a CPA rate to hire that bookkeeper, but that's the whole different conversation. (laughs) A bookkeeper is someone that keeps the day-to-day stuff does the invoices, makes the deposits, creates the, you know, QuickBooks, does the day-to-day stuff. And that's normally in a new business, the business owner, they're doing it. So if you're doing all those day-to-day things, you are your own bookkeeper. Unless you talk your wife or your spouse or your aunt or your uncle or your daughter into doing it, right? You're the bookkeeper. So that's been my, my challenge to explain to people that it's not accounting. You don't wait till the end of the month and then you give it to your accountant because they're going to put the data entry in. It's not what that is. It's the day-to-day stuff is what your bookkeeper does. And anybody can do it. You don't need a license, a permit, a certificate. You don't even need to have insurance.
2: (laughs) So with that with that statement, that also means that there are a lot of bookkeepers out there who aren't super well qualified or who aren't doing the best job, right?
0: I would say so. I'm sure yeah. there's some really great ones out there. I know a few. I can refer to a few. Um, but most of them just, I know QuickBooks and start me a bookkeeping company. And that's, I, that's exactly what I did. I knew QuickBooks. I learned it as an entrepreneur. Um, I think you asked me another question that I totally went off on the rampage about. Oh, how we can help them. Yeah. The flight club. Um, about 2017, I realized that there are just going to be some people that will not hire a bookkeeper. They don't have the money. They don't trust it, whatever. They're going to do it themselves. So... I created like a membership that gives them access to the software. So we provide QuickBooks either online or desktop free of charge with your membership. And one of us, usually me at this point, um, will sit with them for an hour, hour and a half initially to show them how to get into it, how it works, what the basics are. Um, and then they can call or email or text or, or set up another training session You know, once a month to help them learn more. And we only do that for the business owner or the spouse that's doing the books for them. We don't coach, we don't teach, we don't go out and teach other people how to do QuickBooks. It's just for the business owner. And my hope is that they will learn and understand it and then go, okay, I don't wanna do it anymore. I'm making enough money, y'all do it. So it's the build the trust part.
1: Gotcha.
2: All right. So um, I'm trying to find here. I had it here. 30, 32 years experience in QuickBooks and business operations. Over the last 21 years, she has dedicated herself and her company to the support of small business owners. So, you know, you're you're essentially 21 years in to becoming this overnight success, right? <laughs> so yeah. you know we talk about that a lot you see it with entertainers or whatever we you know we always view them as this overnight success but we don't know all the time that went into this behind the scenes and building to where you are today right and so you know you're you've built a great organization now but you're also kind of taking some some larger steps from here so i happen to know that you guys began you know, franchising or set up as a franchise operas- operation in 2022 and are just getting that kind of off the ground and getting out there to, to to kind of launch that. So what's the thought process there and why is that going to be beneficial in the future to your organization as well as to business owners throughout the country?
1: Uh, great question. <laughs> so
0: over that expanse of 20 something years, Um, I've met a lot of business owners and how, how we start business in America. This is, you know, like you said, I'm a great painter. I'm going to start a painting business. Um, My husband, my wife, or my significant other is going to help me with the back office and we're just going to go for it. Um, Use a credit card, get a business license and we're off. And sometimes it makes it and sometimes it doesn't. And I think the numbers are changing, but it used to be like what is it? More than half of them will fail in the first seven years or something like that. Um and my vision became to change that. And the only way that I can change that is with more than one office, right? I have to I have to recruit others to help me on to accomplish my mission or my vision. So I want to change the way that we grow small business in America. I want people to be able to have access to the good, accountable, honest, affordable help from day one, and then grow a little bit from there. So in order to do that, I had to create a successful business that didn't depend on me. And that took a rather long time because, I don't listen to advice very well. (laughs) Um, If I had listened to the advice, I would probably do this a whole lot faster. Um, But now that I've learned, I'm wiser, I want to teach others how to do the same thing faster, better, and smarter than I did. And then they can help other small business owners. And the franchise model came to me in 2010, We, we gave it a little try. And that's when Vegas was not doing so well, uh, 2008, 9, 10. So we really didn't have the bandwidth to grow it like we needed to. So I uh, circled the wagons, went back to making the business model what it needed to be. And so now we've launched it again 10 years later. Faster, better, smarter.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the, the advantage, or one of the advantages of a franchise also benefits those who are considering buying a franchise, right? So obviously those individual franchises are going to help the business owners in their area or wherever they market to, to find those business owners. But the franchise itself gives an aspiring entrepreneur an opportunity to get involved in a business and be able to, like you said, build it faster, smarter, better, Um, because they've got kind of some guidance from the master franchise, but they've also got kind of a book to follow to say, if you do this, you will find success or avoid this to avoid different types of failures. Fair?
0: Fair. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So I I think it can be an advantage to those people who are out there who say, I know QuickBooks pretty well, or I have a background in HR, or I own a building and I've got some empty suites in it and I can, you know, open it up to have other people live, you know, come and rent those suites for their business, or we can set up the virtual mail system or, you know, whatever the case may be, it it gives them that first step, so to speak.
0: Yes. And it gives them a foundation to grow on from day one because they're already doing it. And they can help others do it.
2: Yeah. So here's the here's the million dollar question that's always behind why franchise, as opposed to uh just opening up corporate-owned locations in as many different locations as you can find and hiring people to fill those roles.
0: Money. (laughs) That's not a hard question.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and because we're service-based. You know, so um, yeah, just going out and buying another one is, you know, making another one is not that easy. And I have made another one, so there there are two corporate owned offices, and we may look at a third depending on where. But for me, franchising was just
1: always—I
0: don't know—it seemed like an easier way to do it, and I I thought that. I would get to benefit from the franchise fee, but guess what? The salespeople get the franchise fee, so it doesn't really doesn't really help a whole lot. Um, I tried partnerships a little bit. I did um, some revenue share partnerships, and I learned about three years into a five year promised gig that they decide not to listen. So, if you do a partnership with a friend. And they decide not to listen. Doesn't work out very well. They didn't succeed, and it's all my fault. Um, so that's why we went with the franchise model. That way, it's in writing, and they have some skin in the game, and they understand that this is not just make believe or short term. This is a this is a serious undertaking, and I'm going to help you be successful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it makes all the sense in the world. So let's back up a little bit. You know, you're you're wanting to change the way that businesses are started in the country, right? And, and the success rate of businesses. Where does that passion come from?
0: Uh, I didn't, no one's ever asked me that. Uh, I don't know, I think I have a helper personality. I want I want everybody to be, I want everybody to have everything. Um I don't know if it's a mom thing. Is it a mom thing, a woman thing? Wanting to to make sure that everybody is supported and successful. Uh I don't I just saw people getting screwed and wanted to fix it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bookkeeper disappeared and I don't have my books. I don't have my QuickBooks or um, somebody that I hired for seven years and trusted with everything ripped me off. You know, it just, it that's sad. And while accountants and CPAs and bookkeepers that work for them are accountable, there's a ton of us out there that aren't. And the business owners, they go for what's less expensive, right? because that's all they can afford, and and what are you going to get for it? I wanted to create a brand that was trusted nationwide to be accountable and supportive.
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like reason enough to me. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> my light
0: goes out if I don't move around a little bit.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh, yes, the offices with <laughs> sensory lights.
0: I just have to dance occasionally.
2: Yeah. So I got a couple of uh, other questions for you, Dita. So one, I'd like to hear what you believe is the biggest failure that you've had in your in your business life, what you learned from it, and then we'll flip it to the biggest success
1: and what you've learned from that. one likes to talk about their failures. <laughs> um.
2: Where we learn the most, most of the time, though.
0: What what is it that lawyers say? Um, the only ship that always sinks is a partnership.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, so I did a little handshake partnership deal with uh, somebody that was a client turned friend, and uh, it lasted about three months. Figured out that it wasn't going to work out. And the good news is it didn't last long enough to cause too much of a mess, but um it was long enough to be a mess so yeah, making agreements when you shouldn't make an agreement with people that you know so yeah a fall a fall a partnership that didn't work very well um okay. but that's you know there's been a lot of things don't use credit cards to grow your business
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're expensive.
1: Yeah. And my wealth
0: managers are telling me that now, right um <laughs> The most successful thing. You mean other than creating a scalable business, I think that's probably
1: that, that be it. Yeah.
0: Um. I get. I've had people ask me if this is a franchise before. Before it was a franchise, um, did I buy a franchise? How you know, it works really well. It looks really good. Mm. Um. And. I don't know why, but I had the smarts to know from the beginning that it couldn't be about me. It couldn't be. I I started the name of the company in the beginning was Dida's Virtual Assistance and Bookkeeping. Long and ridiculous. Um, And then it, it dawned on me it can't be about me if it's going to grow. You know, so we've always done things that are it's the office squad. It's not DITA. Like we don't use personal email addresses. We use bookkeeper at or admin at, um, I met a lot of clients along the way who, you know, their bookkeepers use their personal email and their personal computer. And when that didn't go well, you lost all your stuff. Mm. So, um, I built my own cloud in 2008. So maybe that's the biggest success. Before QuickBooks Online, before everybody was doing the cloud and RDP, I had a really awesome IT team who is still my IT team. Shout out for and Solutions. Um, And they built my first server and we started hosting QuickBooks. And I quit driving around town with a little stick and backing things up and going home. So yeah, we've been cloud computing for a long time. And everything we do is on the cloud. And when uh, I hired a bad employee and it didn't work out, I could just turn it off. I didn't have to worry about them having all my stuff. So now I've been able to put it in a big fat book and and scale it, hopefully across the nation.
2: yeah, no, I think that's I think that's great. You're obviously way ahead of your time in terms of you know cloud accounting for sure. Um, everything in accounting. I mean, I shouldn't say everything, but everything should be done in accounting in the cloud at this point, just because that's the that's the more secure way of doing things, and it allows you to, you know, have remote workers throughout the country and all those sorts of things that that uh, are benefits of having, you know, that access through the cloud. So, speaking of Remote workers, what does that look like for you guys? Are you guys all in Vegas at this point? Do you have remote people who work throughout the country, potentially in other countries? What does that look like?
0: Uh, i'm I'm not even going out of country, but no. Um, I am a big believer in working in the office. And we have kind of a hybrid thing going on. A huge part of what the office squad does and is is the camaraderie and the culture that we have here. Um, we meet every every morning and say hello, they do a what's up Wednesday and they go over, you know, who needs what, who needs help with what. And we did that before COVID and we, we were able to work remotely if we needed to. If I have a mom that needs to stay home with the kids or I have someone that Like my lead bookkeeper just had a a major injury and she's been home for a week, but she can still do work if she wants to. Um, But there's 10 of them here in the office and it might just be that that's what the boss wants to hear, but they like coming to work. They like getting out of the house. They want the kids to go to school and come to work and, you know, have a different atmosphere. We have a bar in the office squad where we ring the bell at 4.30 on Friday and we visit and talk about the week. And that's part of that fighter pilot thing that I am used to, the culture. Um, You don't have to drink at the bar. You just talk at the bar. It's just a place to come together, the watering hole. And that's a that's a big part of us. Yes, they can work from home if they need to, but you cannot build the, I don't believe you can build the culture that I want to have in my office squad if everybody works in different places. So each office yeah, squad is going to have a building.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's really hard to do. I mean, there are some companies that have kind of figured it out. Yep. There are more that are trying to figure it out. Uh, because they do see some advantages in certain industries to that, right? Yeah. Um, But that culture and that camaraderie is really, really hard, if not impossible to build without having, you know, face-to-face in-person interactions.
0: We have employees, former employees that are no longer with us. They go work, they went to work somewhere else. And they still celebrate events and go out with the staff I currently have. They still have friendships. So that's that military family thing sort of carrying on. Um, by the way, it's not just accounting that's in the cloud. The whole Your whole office is in the cloud. So if you need a document anywhere, where is it? It's in the cloud or it should be
2: and yep. accessible
0: to whoever needs it. Um, our clients... Like that, we are all in a building under one roof and supervised. So, if you have your back office and they are answering the phone and they are doing the bookkeeping and they are doing the admin, it's like hiring your office manager. They're all talking to each other and they're all working together in this little hub of activity. And the business owner can come into the office if they want to or they don't. we have very few that actually come in here, but they know they can if they want to, and we're going to be here.
2: Yeah, no, I think that that kind of thing can be comforting to many business owners. Some don't care, right? I mean, there are okay. plenty of remote-only bookkeeping and other companies out there, right? Right. But some do care. Some do want to see the difference that that you guys are bringing in the way that you're approaching that. and. And that's it. Doesn't mean that the other side is bad or wrong, or that you guys are right, for that matter, right? It's different. Yeah, it's different, and that's that's your niche. That's your target client. You're going after people who care about that, and you guys are benefiting from it. Yes,
0: I hope everybody's benefiting from it.
2: (laughs) Well, your clients better be, or they wouldn't keep paying you, right?
0: And I've had a few, you know, advisors ask me why. Why do you have to have a location? Bookkeeping can be done remotely. Yes, it can, but I'm not a bookkeeper. I'm yeah, an operations yeah. specialist. We run the entire operation. We're not just bookkeepers.
2: Yep, yeah, that is very true. So the, the the different aspects of the back office, right? The office right. squad brings to the table is uh it, it's different. It's not just bookkeeping, but there's a lot more to it for sure.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.
2: Yeah. All right, Dita. Final question for you, and then uh, I'll I'll turn the mic over to you if there's any question you want to ask me. But final question for you is, what does the word tycoon mean to you? I had to
0: cheat. I listened to one of your podcasts so I would know what was going on. <laughs> and they, you asked that question. Um. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind when someone says tycoon is badass. I like it. They know their stuff. They're at the top of their game. Um, they're a tycoon.
2: That's good. I like it. It's first time I've heard that one. So i I will definitely remember that for sure. Sorry,
0: I use spider pilot lingo and and sometimes the mu- the the words get a little harsh. <laughs>
2: Nothing hard harsh about that. I think anybody okay. would like to be called a badass.
0: Okay. Yeah, the top of their game. They know they they've worked hard and they're they're there.
2: Gotcha. All right. Well, any questions you'd like to ask me, or a question you'd like to ask me before we <laughs> wrap this up for today?
0: No, I'm sorry. You fried my brain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of questions back and forth, but. Uh, no,
0: I do? That's
2: a good question. How'd I do? Oh, I, I think you did great. I mean, it, it's about it's about conveying the message of what you guys do and why you do it, right? Yeah. And I, I think that message got came across, and that's that you want business owners throughout the country to benefit from a better run operations side of their business so that they can focus on growing their business that they're passionate about, because very few business owners yourself excluded, <laughs> are extremely passionate about the operations of the back office of a business. They're just passionate about building their business and you allow them to do that.
0: Man, I like you. You said it better than I did.
2: <laughs> well, you're you're welcome to use that, but I, I just need a, a royalty of about 38% for the for <laughs> In perpetuity.
0: In perpetuity. Okay, well, maybe yeah. we'll see about that.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, Dita, I really appreciate the conversation and uh, and hope you enjoyed being here as well and, and look forward to staying in touch.
0: Did. Thank you very much for having me and hope to chat with you again soon. Thanks, Dita. listening to tycoons of small biz,
1: a podcast for small business owners by small business owners. Join us next week for an introduction to another great tycoon and be sure to follow us on our social media channels for links to all of our episodes and great content.